the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. As much as I'd like to think I would have passed the test of faith that confronted Noah, I'm not so sure I would have. Join us today as Pastor Rander explains how daunting the task God presented to Noah was and how much faith it took to execute God's plan in this message, Noah, a man of faith. He'll be teaching from a number of scriptures, so get pen and paper ready as we begin. And Job did not sin with his lips. You know what? I know some of you are going to get messed up in your storm because you, you talk crazy when all is well. That's right. You already, you sinning with your lips. You got more than you had. You're going places you never could go. You're driving places you could drive. You're flying places. You're taking vacation places. You used to take staycations. Now you get way awaycations. And still you're not happy. Mess up the vacation. Bring it up old stuff. Uh, accusatory spirit. You, you, you tap everything. And it looked like the more blessed you are, the more honorary and critical you become because you have failed to count your blessings. But the scripture says, in all this, Job did not sin with his lips. In the midst of storms, you are wise indeed to listen to God more and talk less. Be quick to hear and slow to speak. You can ill afford to miss the voice of God, especially when the storm is raging in your life. Don't talk to everybody. Don't tell everybody what's going on or what's wrong. Listen, you don't know where the gossip is. You don't owe everybody an explanation. That's right. And if people are telling your business, they are gossip. And a whole lot of gossip going in the church. Honey, we got to, we, we, we praying. But no, you gossiping in the name of prayer. Your prayer list is a gossip list. You can ill afford to miss God, the voice of God, especially when the storm is raging in your life. Number eight, this horrific, devastating judgment from Almighty God put within Noah and his family a reverential fear of God. Perhaps there were moments, listen to this, perhaps there were moments in the ark where there was a holy hush. Where neither animals nor people made a sound. That storm was so intense that everything got quiet. The chickens, the dogs, the animals, the cow wouldn't even move because that storm hushed the ark and those aboard. Let me tell you something. The scripture says in Hebrews eleven seven by faith, and we're by faith, being divinely warned of things not yet said. Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen. Underline this, 
moved with godly fear. See, y'all, hey, you got to hang on to these words. It's something in all of that. He had a godly fear that moved him to prepare, moved him to obey, moved him to get in that boat, and then moved him to shut up and not complain. Godly fear. Say a word, godly fear. Godly fear is a reverential fear. If you don't possess faith in Christ and apply the word of God, which is to put the word of God in practice, it is impossible to have a reverential fear of God. You have more problem with people in the church who don't open their Bible and study the word of God. You have trouble with people in the church who have been in the church 20 years, but they're just religious without a relationship. Those are the kinds of persons who don't possess a godly fear. Sadly, many Christians have lost their reverential fear of God where they will sin with no sense of respect for God in their attitude. I don't do, I'm not doing that. Why do we have to do that? Here we go again. Oh, my goodness. You've been better off had you just shut up. And then you tell somebody else, why are you doing it? Don't take all that. You contaminate others. Bad attitude. No godly fear. Behavior. I've seen some of the ugliest things from God's people in meetings in the name of God. As a matter of fact, the religious leaders, they put Jesus through kangaroo courts and all of this stuff and put him on the cross and thought they were doing God a service. They were doing it all in the name of God. And yet they were just as satanic as they can be. Now, don't you, don't you forget now, even in your walk with the Lord right now, say right now, God can use you right now, and Satan can use you right now. That's what he did with Peter. All right. God asked a question, who do you say I am? Peter said, uh, you, you, you're the son of the living God. And Jesus said, flesh and blood has not said these things. And then a little bit later on, if you read that for a few uh, verses uh, down, down there, it says, that uh, Jesus was talking about how he's going to go to the cross and be crucified and all those things. And Peter said, be it, be it far from you, Lord, that this, these things should happen. In other words, he got in the way of God's purpose and divine plan. And then God, after, after Peter had made such a grand statement, then God, right after that, said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. Let me tell you something. Satan can rise up and in any of us, especially those in leadership, especially those who think they've arrived and got it all together, it ain't nothing but pride. When God begins to elevate you, we're wise indeed if we humble ourselves. In the name of God, no sense of reverential fear in our behavior, words, even in the house of God to their own spiritual detriment. Number nine, Noah's a hundred and 20 years of hard labor of building the ark paid off in the end because it preserved his family and the animal kingdom. His labor was not in vain. You can be sure that whatever you do for Christ is an eternal investment, not only on earth, but also in heaven. There are many Christians who want to reap what they have not sown. Uh, they want the blessings and the fruit 
without putting in the time of the labor. Did y'all get, I think I better back up on that because that was just such a powerful mouthful there. There are many Christians who want to reap what they have not what? Sown. They want blessings and fruit without putting in the time and the labor. Therefore, where are your works and where is your labor and where is your service? The scripture says in 1 Corinthians 15, 58, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your, look, underline that, labor, your work is not in vain in the Lord. In other words, only what you do for Christ will last. Look at 1 Corinthians 3, 8. It says, Now he who plants and he who waters are one, and each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor. Look, no work, no reward. Now, some of you are not laboring. You just go to work. You're wrapped up into your own world. You got that invitation in your hand. And some of you are going to leave it right in the Bible, all right? No labor, no work. No, you, you don't talk to a waitress, uh, somebody in the waiting room, or, or in the, the store, grocery line. Nobody knows about Jesus from you. Where are your labors? Where's your labor? Where is your work? No, no work, no reward. You got to do the time. You got to put in the labor. And some of you uh, don't work. You won't even come to church. Well, you got to think about whether you're going to attend church and be on time. Uh, that's an F. It's just la- it, your getting here is work. And that's it. Been in church 20 years. Not, you're not in one ministry. And we got all the ministry fair tables all around Where's, where's your service going to be? Uh, Hebrews 6.10 says, For God is not unjust to forget your work and labor of love which you have shown toward his name. You're not working for me. You're working for God. What are you doing here? If you're a greeter, you're an usher, you're finance ministry, uh, uh, you're in a tutorial ministry, youth ministry, uh, ensemble, choir. I can't call all those ministries, Pr- prison letter writing ministry. Any, you are doing it not for me, but for Christ. In that you have ministered, served, ministered to the saints, and do minister. And some of you all in three, four, three and four ministries, God bless your heart. Some of you make up a powerful core group here in Maranatha. You know, Maranatha is being sustained by a powerful core group. Now, on the, on the membership role, there are many who are here. And many come just enough to keep their names active. Because they know we don't keep forever members here if you don't show up. Amen. We don't believe in patting the, the role to say numbers we don't have. That's lying. That's right. You need to account for yourself. You need to step it up. You need to serve to the glory of God. And God expects more than what you are delivering. That's right. It's a core group that keep the lights on. Keep the lawn cut. They may not be cutting the lawn, but their tithes and offerings are doing it. I mean, they are helping uh, sustain things. And you're not pulling your corner or carrying your load. That's right. They're taking care of your children while you're in Bible study. Or you drop them off and go down to the forum to shop, which is a sin. 
Use the nursery as a glorified babysitter. Shame on you. Thank you, God. That's right. You come into God's house to sing, knowing you come into choir rehearsal, but you miss prayer and come to the rehearsal. Look how quiet it is now. You know about the meeting, but you don't show up. One drop of rain, and you see in tornadoes. Listen, the scripture says Noah finished constructing the ark at the age of 600. Somebody told me, that's not a senior citizen, that's an ancient citizen. (laughs) After he built that ark, then he, his family, and the animals went inside. If Noah worked up to the age of 600, surely you can work for the Lord at your age. Who in here is 600? The hair was gray, it wasn't colored, didn't have tent back then. Didn't have add-ins. Where, where, where are your works? If you're not, listen, thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank you. If you died, what adjustments would we have to make because of your death? If you change or transition to another city, state, or country, what adjustment? If you die or leave for any reason, be it good or bad, if we can't make one adjustment because of your absence, it's a sign that you're not a worker and you're not going to get a reward and you're going to stand before Jesus and give an account of your nothingness. Oh, amen? Oh, I thought, I want to make sure y'all there. Okay. Beloved, it's time, it's high time to rise up and work. That's why we have all those ministry tables around here, and we have ministry table representatives, and we expect you to sign up. Uh, some of you say, well, I'm doing one thing, and I do it very well, but God says, you can do more. If you, listen, if you knew three months from now you'd be gone, how much work would you do today, and what would you sign up for in light of being gone three months from now? I believe you speed up. Ah, I want 10 tables. I want 10. Give me 10 ministries. I can do more. Oh, God. I want to finish well. You can't finish well if you're not working. Stop telling God you want to finish well while you fold your hands and live on somebody else's work. Number 10. I'm going to quit. I'll stop with this. That's all you can take. (laughs) This is the last one. Noah had the peace of God in the midst of the storm because he held on to the promises of God. So you got to have the word in you to be kept in the midst of turbulence and troubled times. Noah had the peace of God in the midst of the storm because he held on to the what? Promises of God. In other words, Noah didn't listen to the opinions of people. He didn't listen to his critics. And neither was he led by his emotions and feelings. It was the promises of God to Noah that gave him peace and assurance that he was going to be safe in the midst of the storm. He had the word of God. Not the written word of God. He had the word of God in his heart. God talked with God. The scriptures were not written back then. God talked to Noah verbally and prompted him by the Holy Spirit. And Noah moved at the prompting of God. He held on to the word of God. And so therefore, in that storm, he need not panic 
because he had the word of his promise in his heart in the ark, which kept him safe in the storm. My, my beloved brothers and sisters, John 16, says, these things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have tribulation. Don't expect a rosy, flowery bed of ease. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And just, in other words, just as Jesus overcome, you who are in Christ will overcome. The scriptures by way of promise says in Isaiah 26, 3, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Stop putting your, your eyes on people who have hurt you, people who have betrayed you, people who have wronged you, the unjust firings, the sudden unemployment and all these things. If you put your eyes on all that stuff, you're going to sink in the storm. The scripture says you will keep him or her in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you, Jesus. Keep your eyes on Jesus, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith, because he trusts in you. I love that great passage in Isaiah 43, verses 2, 3a says, when you pass through the waters. Listen, God's not going to take you over the water. You can't grow like that. You'll be a spoiled brat. He didn't promise to take you over. He's not your bridge over troubled water. He's going to take you what? Through. He, he kept Noah through the flood. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire of, of hurt and pain and agony and sickness and death of loved ones and all these things, wayward children, you shall not be burned nor shall the flame even scotch you. You won't even have the smell of smoke on you. It's something you go through fire and don't smell like smoke. You're going to be smelling good because on you is the aroma of Christ. (laughs) For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Listen, when you're going through the fire, when you're going through the storm, you, ain't got a time, you don't have time to be talking about he's everybody else's God. You say, no, he's my Lord. He's, he's my God. I'm going to get personal with this business now. I don't, have to be talk, I don't have time to be talking about who he is or somebody else. When I'm, I'm in this storm, I need to be talking about who God is to me. He's my Lord, my God. He's the Holy One of Israel, my Savior. In closing, I love the words of that great hymn, No, Never Alone, which says, I've seen the lightning flashing, and I heard the thunder roll. I've felt sin's breakers dashing, trying to conquer my soul. I heard the voice of my Savior telling me still to fight on, to fight on. Divine on. He promised. Oh, y'all ahead of me. Some of these folks don't know these old hymns. He promised. Don't you know God is a promise-keeping God? 
How many of you know that 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 you know you know that God has promised never to leave you, never to leave me alone. I love that second verse makes me get happier. The world's fierce winds are blowing. Temptations sharp and keen. I have a peace in knowing my Savior stands between. He stands to shield me from danger. When earthly friends are gone, listen, listen, you don't know who your friends are until you go through a storm. It's those that are still standing with you after the storm. Now you can count on them. I'm with you. I'm with you. I love you. Oh, you can count on me. I'm praying for you. That storm goes, where are they? Wow. When earthly friends are gone, he promised never to leave me, never to leave me alone. No, never alone. No, never alone. He has promised never to leave me. Never. And you don't say never. Never. When you're broke, never. House flood out, never. Car key breaking, never. Crazy husband, never. Children, you invested in them, now you can't find them so unappreciative that you don't know what to do. Never. When your marriage is on the rocks, never, never, never. I will never leave you nor forsake you. No, never alone. And all God's children said, hallelujah. Oh, Lord, we all need this word. It's amazing how many talk and preach on Noah, but don't talk about what to do when the storms are raging in our lives. Lord, you brought us here to hear this message. To speak peace to our soul. To give us the blessed assurance that everything's going to be all right. Somebody here who's hurting deeply. Somebody is wayward. Someone is unchurched. Someone's even lost and don't know you. If they were to die today, they go straight to hell. It is my prayer, Lord, that this message jolt them. And they would cry out, what must I do to be saved? And come running to meet Jesus. Believing in his death, burial, and resurrection. And is soon coming back again. Lord, There are others who need to rise up and go to work. They are not a part of the core group that works so hard here. They're not part of the tithers group. They just give an offering, which is unacceptable. They're getting all kind of kingdom benefits and raises and second jobs and social security and retirement. And they, as they grow older, they grow harder when it comes to tithing. Others can't even come on time. 
have a high absentee rate when it comes to church attendance. Don't belong to a Sunday school class. Won't come to vacation Bible school. Just set in their ways until you jolt them into reality. I pray that this message will wake us up to our God-given responsibility to worship and serve you alone, the most high God in Jesus' name. And all God's children said, you've heard the message from God. The Lord gave me this message. It is a sobering message. It is a heartfelt message for the times in which we live. What you going to do with it? Listen, don't, don't come up here and tell me it's a good message. Well, I like to hear you come up and tell me what you're going to do with it. What you're going to do with it? How are you going to apply it? How are you going to put it to work? How are you going to implement it? Message is not a good message until you activate it. God spoke you to you today. He wants you to be a member of the church. He wants you to step it up. He wants you to get involved, get engaged in a Bible teaching church. Husband need to move for their wife, wife for the husband and families, vice versa. Children need to step out. We've seen children come to Christ all week long. There are many children. It's amazing when children are more responsible than adults. Simple childlike faith, they just run up here, just run to Christ. And you just sit here, well, I ain't coming now. I'm going to wait till they get things right. It's my first time here. Maybe your last day on earth. Don't you play with your decision. This is your God moment. And the worst thing you can do is put God off for tomorrow, which may not come to your own spiritual detriment. Not of your rebellion or procrastination, but of your obedience. Because you don't know where that storm is. You're headed into one. Perhaps you're already in one. Or maybe you just come out of one. If you just come out of one, you ought to run up here thanking God for deliverance. You come to Jesus. Life circumstances uniquely affect people differently, yet God's love, grace, and mercy are limitless. The good news is God's word is uniquely sufficient. He knows what to do in every situation. He made us and he knows us better than we know ourselves. The Bible tells us to trust him, lean on him, and to acknowledge him. Whether it's a success, a setback, or a failure, no matter what it is, God will order our steps when we depend on him and him alone to uniquely perform his good and perfect work within us. If you would like to make a special donation to support the radio ministry of Maranatha Bible Church, please visit our website at maranathasa.org. Select the Give option and choose the radio broadcast support fund. Thank you very much for your generosity. Families and friends, join the entire Maranatha Bible Church family for food, fun, prizes, and fellowship at its 2022 Hallelujah Fun Festival on Saturday, October 29th from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. on the Maranatha grounds. Fun activities for all ages include photo booths, ball pits, moon bounces, pony rides, petting zoo, pumpkin hunt, s'mores, cakewalk, and so much more. See you on the 29th at 11 a.m. 
Please join the Maranatha Bible Church family on Sunday, November 13th at 10 a.m. as we celebrate our annual Military Appreciation Day to recognize and thank veterans, all branches of the military, and their families for their self-sacrificing service and selfless determination to uphold the United States of America as the land of the free and the home of the brave. Worship with us as we honor these individuals, countless of whom paid the ultimate price for our freedom. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.